This is a Momentum Media production. Nerd alert! Property Nerds, <laughs> the home for data-driven property investors, where we uncover Australia's hot and cold markets, latest headlines and trends. Hello, hello. This is uh, Arjun here, Head of Research at Investikit and co-host of the Property Nerds podcast. We are back for 2022. This is the first episode for us. And I'm joined by the lovely Lee Paliwal. How are you, Lee? I'm good. Back for another podcast or our first podcast of the year, should I say? Yeah. First podcast for 2022 here in February and excited. Pumped, pumped. Now, February sounds odd for us to have our first podcast back, <laughs> but uh, I think it's pretty cool where, you know, we had a little bit of time off and we had some, um, you know, some adventures for those who... I don't know, might be curious and to know what we get up to outside of property and literally finance. We love to travel. Love traveling. We love it. We got some time away. We actually spent Christmas in Fiji, which was amazing. Bula for everyone uh, who's been to Fiji <laughs> before. That was uh, that was the most used word I had in like every day. <laughs> the service is the best. It's so hospitable and yeah, very nice people. So yeah, Fiji for Christmas. We had five days there, which is like the perfect amount, enough to do everything and enough to relax. And then literally a week after that, we went to Adelaide. Yeah, and Fiji was um, I mean, it's pretty lucky, hey, like to be able to say like we traveled, you know, during all this, of what's been yeah, happening the last I'm two surprised years. that just we were I mean, now that I say it back to myself, I'm surprised after two years of being locked up that we actually had a chance to go away, come back, and it was pretty seamless. I think, you know, we made the decision that we wanted to get away somewhere. And so I think we just made it happen. And it was pretty cool to make it happen as a family. But yeah, it's pretty crazy to have been able to do that mm. with all these restrictions. Yeah, I think, um, you know, that trip, the funniest moment I can remember on that trip was definitely the jet skiing. Remember that at the hotel? So that was very interesting. <laughs> For those who want to have a, have a good laugh at something, um, I have a mate of mine, uh, Daniel, if you're tuning in, hello, hello. But um, Daniel took me out for jet skiing once here in Sydney and had a great blast with them and, and just was so much fun that I uh, obviously was super keen to get a ski and, and a license. And literally within less than a month's time, you had a, a license and just waiting on the ski to arrive, right? Yeah. So now the license is here, <laughs> the ski's now here, and um, all of a sudden Fiji trip comes along and I'm keen to show off my the new captain's skills <laughs> on the water. Um, so long story short, the whole family's having a great time and uh, we're all getting out and about, but I fell off the ski at least three, maybe four times, Not right? Not just you. Yeah, both of us. <laughs> I took you down with me. <laughs> but um, yeah, definitely definitely a lot of uh, learning to do on that. And uh, <laughs> no one else had a license inside in terms of any sort of experience or driving around or practicals or theories or anything like and everyone did better than you. You don't need a license in Fiji, let's put it that way. Yeah. But you had the license and yeah. you still managed to perform. But that's all right. <laughs> that was, was a good trip. That was, was a good trip. And really so good. we went to what? Adelaide. And that was a cool experience. I guess um, Adelaide straight after, you know, I'm not sure, you know, what firstly led us to Adelaide for the trip before we, you know, came back into the swing of things was we had a property that we purchased in Adelaide, I think October last year. And I think it's settled in December. But when it settles a long one, 21st of December. 
So for those who are in tune with settlement timings and the pros and cons of it, Christmas time was great in terms of the long settlement and having a nice gift to look forward to that, you know, gift to yourself with property settling. But we realized it's not the best when it comes to finding a tenant. So Christmas time meant a little bit of a break. And when we got back from Fiji early Jan, we realized that um, the property, actually we forgot that even we had had a rental campaign going. We realized, hold on a minute, we've got a rental campaign there. And I think they'd secured a tenant or they were about to have a tenant move in, but the tenant wasn't moving in until a week or two. 14th or 18th. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, this was in Hallett Cove, a purchase that we made. And we decided, you know what? Empty house. Why don't we go over? And so we got an airbed from Kmart. So thank you, Kmart. And um, we'll, we'll accept credit card transfers, anything for your sponsorship here. But um, we went to Kmart, got an airbed, chucked in a suitcase with some linen, and we had a bacon home. on a Sunday, and then Monday we decided, you know what, we've got a week left until we go back on the 10th of Jan, vacant property. Let's make the most of it. And and um, and it's in a beach suburb, which was also very nice. Yeah, that was fun. So that was amazing to discover how amazing those beaches are. Adelaide beaches are super underrated and I don't know if it's recency bias, but I reckon it's probably got some of the best beaches in the country when you think of coastal walks, all of that. So yeah, highly recommend. Yeah. I mean, from, you know, Port Norlunga all the way down to Aldinga Beach, the Drive-On, McLaren Vale within 20 minutes, Seaford, Port Wollonga. We did a whole bunch and that was all within like one or two days. So mm-hmm. that was so much fun. But yeah, that was uh, for those keen to know about what was happening behind the scenes for the property nerds and what we were up to in this time. That was our Christmas, New Year's. We're, we're back into action and 2022 is super busy and we've got lots to share. And so I thought it'd be good maybe lead to get your thoughts on finance and what's happening there. Cool. So a lot of things happening in terms of fixed rates going up at the moment, all the rates, you know, all the banks are announcing their fixed rate hikes, but I'm actually noticing the couple lenders either have not changed the variable rate or slightly decreased it. And I'm finding quite a, like a few of our clients are essentially preferring to stay at variable to take that lower rate. Yeah, well, variable rates, I mean, they definitely are coming down. So for those, you know, interest rates, they're actually looking better on the variable than they were before. Is that right? Correct. Variable rates are better than fixed right now. Yeah. And I mean, look, interest rates, uh, for those who are keen to know more about some of the impacts on them, I guess in in a nutshell, they aren't as closely correlated to housing as people think. You know, we can take a look at from 2012 movements till now, and it's all fair to say that interest rates have come down substantially. Uh, however, for the majority of the decreases that were happening, Perth, Darwin, and some other places were actually declining. So should they have made a blanket impact, we would have seen you know, those markets rise as interest rates fell down or everywhere rise as interest rates fall down. So it's not as clear. Um, there's a bit of a spread and an impact, but if you're keen to check out some of my thoughts on the impact, we've released a paper on our, on our website in the Investigate uh, white paper section, and we'll let you guys check it out from there. But on the finance front, Lee, what's happening in terms of recent trends? Yeah. So the December 2021 indic- lending indicators are out. In December 21, 
For housing in total, it did rise by 4.4%, which was a record high of $32.8 billion, and that was 26.5% higher compared to a year ago. Huge. So finance, uh, just as the dips were coming, guess what? Recovery back in action. But these are huge levels from last year. Big difference. And both owner-occupier housing and investor housing rose. So owner-occupier rose by 5.3%. And that is driving the rise for the total new housing loan commitments. And then it was 2.4% rise, which was a record high of $10.3 billion for investor so there was a few drops in the reports. And for those listening to the, some of the previous episodes, Lee had given some call outs to um, a few declines in the housing trends. But as you can see from the most recent month's data or December ending data, that was quite short lived and finance has gone back to its peak levels. Investor finance is quite interestingly, it looks like we've set a new record there. Yeah. Like I mentioned, just then, $10.3 billion. Huge, huge. High. So investors are definitely back in action. But on that note of investors, there is something that I've really uh, you know, found that was interesting is to do with investor activity and investor participation. I'll come to that later in the episode just because um, you know, there's some exciting new research we're working on about investors and their participation in markets. And I think this finance will will tie up quite closely in in line with that. Yeah. And look, in terms of, you know, we're a month in since we came back in the office, it's been busy. I mean, I think everyone's back since around uh, 20th or so of January and it's, you know, a busy, busy start to the year. So potentially another rise again for this month coming forward. So, Now, last podcast, we talked a bit about the Investigate Undervalue or Value Market Assessments research that you guys did at Investigate. And so obviously we, you know, went through and asked some questions with Arjun of to dissect that data and information, better understand it. And now you guys have actually also released the New South Wales top five locations under 650K research paper, which is very exciting. So we're going to go through a bit of that today. I'm going to go through and ask some questions with Arjun like we did last time, which I think is really helpful to dissect that information and better understand his thoughts on it. Um, and if you guys want to have a copy of that report, again, it's the New South Wales top five locations under 650K. You can find that on investikit.com.au. Yeah, so Arjun, I'm going to jump straight in with some questions on that one and, and we'll talk about it. Let's do it. And and thank you, everyone, for the feedback on um, the last time we did this. Obviously, we got loads of raving reviews and comments. So we're excited to get into another market research report and share more about what's come up. Amazing. So firstly, how did you come up with the top five locations and why 650K worth? Yeah, I think I could start off with the 650K. There's no... You know, no doubt in terms of how strong this property boom has been. You know, previously the 350 to 450, 450 to 550, you know, these these under 500K, like that's midpoint of a million was workable for budgets. But I do genuinely feel that for people looking under 650K in New South Wales, the options are becoming far 
more limited, or actually, sorry, under 500K or under 400K. So hence, we had to stretch that up to 650K to get some meaningful you know, markets, enough markets so you could make a decision and still have a good choice of stock availability and also some healthy sized economies and and sub-markets. So that was the key of as to where 650 came from and how we chose the top five, yes. right? So this is very, very fun. Firstly, what, what are the top five? We... Oh, we can't give away the secrets okay. just okay, yet. Go to, we, we go got, to the website. We've got to warm it up. we okay. got to warm No, no, look, I'll share the markets okay. for sure. If, if there's one thing that the listeners of our show know me for, it's to share markets. It's to give yes. some of the goodies away. And if you're looking to read the report, you can jump on investikit.com.au and go to our white paper section. But when it comes to the how we got there and then which markets, I'll, I'll run through that. So how we got there is we want to look at markets holistically. And so we look at short-term trends and these short-term trends around their most recent price performance. Secondly, long-term growth trends. So last 10 years of performance, are we seeing them you know, cook too much or are we seeing some gaps in them? Other things we looked at are our affordability and serviceability. So this is my one of my favorite things to look at because what we do is we take the comparison between the city's median house price and what we feel could be an affordable house price. And how we come up with affordable house price is essentially we take 30% of that region's average dual income, a uh, dual income household, and we get a cutoff point. And the cutoff point is 30%, which I mentioned. And we basically say, what purchase price could houses be if we took 30% of a dual income household to pay a mortgage of 3.5% for an 80% loan against the median house price? Where could prices be if we did the same on a 4.5? So we're essentially stress testing affordability by interest rates and then jacking up the interest rates by 1% and stress testing affordability. Because at the end of the day, Yes, house to income is one measure and the multiples, but we've really separated from house price to income measures. So it's becoming quite useless in a way because mortgage rates have changed so much. So I feel right now mortgage rates are a great way to look at it to bring a reality check because it's repayments that make you stay in or get out of the game, isn't it? Other things we look at are sales market indicators. So things like days on market, listing levels, sales volumes, we combine them together and call it inventory and vendor discounting rates. So we're saying the things that we believe demonstrate pressure in a market. So how fast is something selling for? How many properties are there online? How much buying activity is occurring? And do vendors give away deals more or less than before? Then of course, housing market indicators, whilst great, they have speculation attached to them too. So what do we look for for some certainty? Rental market indicators, because we want a housing market to not only be supported by its housing trends in terms of sales, we also want the rental market to be healthy, to know that it's in demand in all aspects or multiple angles. So things like vacancy rates, the level of listings for lease, price growth for rents, and rental yield, because rental yields are another demonstration of cash flow. And then lastly, we uh, overlaid it with infrastructure projects, what's happening in the pipeline, the mix of things in the pipeline, 
the economic activity locally, the industry composition, and also supply levels. And we looked at supply levels in two ways too. So uh, the last 15 months of building approvals for houses as a percentage of the total current dwellings level. And then the second thing is we looked at the last 10 years to see if um, we benchmark it against high areas of building approvals. How does it stack up? Is it getting close to that high area benchmark or is it not very high and it's well below those riskier areas? So yeah, that's the methodology, Lee. It was loads of um, backtesting, loads of review of stuff. And we really enjoyed the exercise. And by we, I'm joined by a superstar on the team. Her name is Jung, uh, absolute gun. I haven't used that word. <laughs> I haven't used that word in a while, gun. Um, and and yeah, she's phenomenal in her support she brings. So short-term trends, long-term trends, serviceability, sell, rental, projects, and supply. Perfect. And the secondary question of that was, what was the top five locations? Okay, drum roll. <laughs> um, <laughs> so the top five locations that we came up with were Tamworth, not in order, by the way, uh, Tamworth, Dubbo, Albury, Wodonga. Wodonga falls on the Victoria side, so we can call it Albury for now. Wagga, or Wagga Wagga, and Lismore. So very different parts of the New South Wales borders, but um, all some very strong markets, sub-650. Interesting. So obviously you they'll get the info on each of those locations further. Yeah, report, so if, yeah? You're, if you're grabbing that report, these locations are individually deep dives. The report's totally free every month for those tuning in. We give away reports and insights and data like this. It's our, our way to give back to the property investing community who's keen to get deep into the research. And we switch it up. And, and actually coming to your earlier point, Lee, uh, I actually forgot to mention one part, which was the 650 piece. Oh, yeah. There were a few other markets that really did well and places like Bathurst, Port Macquarie, these are two phenomenal locations showing on our indicators. But the problem here was that I wanted to make sure that it's not just using a median price of 650, running an exercise and looking at it and making sure it's all good. Orange was another one too. Now, the reason why we didn't do that was I actually also wanted to find a high frequency of properties for sale on REA and domain, so realestate.com.au domain, that are houses rentable condition and not on main roads and flood or bushfire impacted, like just livable, rentable, purchasable homes under 650. Because some things that many people realize is that, you know, the medians for Bathurst, Port Macquarie and Orange and a few others, they definitely ticked the boxes to be included in the study, but I just didn't include them because it was actually impossible to find houses that were passing the baseline checks of high quantity in those cities. Right. Well, that comes to the next question. So what made you choose this topic out of interest? So what made me choose this topic? I didn't choose it. We put a poll. So um, oh, okay. yeah, something different. Uh, Where was the poll? LinkedIn. Okay. So for those who want to get involved um, in, you know, stalking me on LinkedIn or, <laughs> you know, just sending me all the hate mail or whatever you want to do, it's up to you. But if you want to jump on LinkedIn and, and you know, send me a connection request, I'm Super, super approachable. I'll, I'll do my best to respond. I'm not going to, you know, let it hang. I'll, I'll definitely let, you know, accept the request, have chats, reach out to me. But essentially on LinkedIn, I love hosting polls from time to time. And 
you know, Jung and I were saying, instead of us coming up with the next topic and picking where, why don't we put it out there to the market and see what everyone thinks? And this was the winner. I think 59% of respondents chose New South Wales under 650. And that was a poll of two different options or how many options? I think there was like four or five, four or five. Yeah. Makes sense. Like ask the community and see what they want, right? Yeah, definitely. I mean, we didn't ask them which options. We just chose the options and then we let yeah, them but like, choose the options. Put it but out there. Put it out there for sure. Okay, perfect. And what were some of the most interesting findings? Yeah, good one. Um, I would say some of the most interesting findings were markets like Albury-Wodonga, as an example, you know, and Lismore were two complete polar opposites. So I'll give you an example of what I mean. Albury, Wodonga, the strength in that market had been lifting up for a few years prior to the pandemic and what we've seen. So whilst it was supercharged during the pandemic, like most markets of Australia, Albury, Wodonga was actually really well positioned and performing quite well, even leading up to COVID. So that definitely demonstrates some pretty healthy consistency in that market. Then we've got Lismore on the opposite which blew the lights out, absolutely blew the lights out during this pandemic period and, and, you know, what's happened. So it was less as a market that was picking up and showing some signs of change. I mean, look, it was still improving and still rising, but not to the depths of Albury Wodonga and the pressure was building there. Uh, But in this last 12 months, it's been huge. So that was something I learned that was quite interesting. The other thing I picked up was... um, you know, a few of these markets have a lot left in the tank. You know, one thing that's commonly on people's minds right now is, is this growth sustainable? And I agree, it's such a great question to ask. The short answer is it's not sustainable for how long you think sustainable should be. Like you can't hold something and expect 20 to 30% per annum for the next 10 years. It's not like that. But many of these markets, I feel even if you place the pressures of interest rate rises, So the stress testing of the 1% interest rate rise for most of these markets, still very affordable for people, even if that happened. The prices themselves are still quite affordable for many. And many of these markets like, you know, the Wagga and the Tamworth, these two markets have not seen huge booms for the recent years prior this. And so I do feel that if we're trying to talk about the law of averages and start bringing it back to their long-term 30-year metrics, then there's room left in them for sure to to keep pushing ahead. So I'd say those are the two findings. One was markets pre-COVID, post-COVID, and how much the separation was. And then second was, um, you know, interestingly, I felt the legs in some of these markets is going to be quite strong. Cool. So which one is your favorite out of the five and why? Oh, (laughs) I see... Uh, it's again, I'm a, I'm very bad with recency bias. I literally just visited Tamworth and that was pretty cool and uh, learned a lot there. But I would have to say it's tough. I would have to say between, you know, what, I might give the trophy to, to Albury. Um, okay. I might give the trophy to them. It's not to say that the others won't perform. So guys, don't hold me to it. The saying Albury is going to be the one here and everyone go by there. I feel the main thing is that there's a few few things there. The confidence that it's had, obviously, pre-COVID and the improvement in that market was already gaining momentum. The second thing is, you know, it's still quite affordable for locals there, even after such a big change. What's the average house price? At the well, I mean, you can find a lot of property prices sort of that 
475 to 650 is still very achievable there. But the main thing here is that there isn't one part of the market that's let itself go. So what I mean by that is you're still going to find a tenant in your first open up. You're still going to have rents more than you thought you could get. Mm -hmm. You're going to have places sell in the first open up. You're going to still have places sell for more than you thought you could sell. And even after all of that, there's still a whole lot of long-term potential through things in the pipeline, you know, the job market, and its stability. The pipeline for infrastructure, is that it? Yeah, so the inland, inland rail is one big thing where okay. that, that's obviously going to impact the local area. But just even the local job market, it was quite resilient during the pandemic. So I think all of these things coming together will help it. Like I said before, though, most have to be a bit mindful of how much growth it's had mm. um, because that would took me towards the Wagga and, say, Tamworth, which have, haven't had as much as the Albury has pre-COVID. Right. And that could mean some more room for them. But I'm just talking about my favorite in terms of offering so many different things. Amazing. And so this report, again, is completely free, right? And that can be found on investigate.com.au. So that's amazing. So I guess the last question I want to find out is what are some of the next interesting uh, topics that Investigate is doing more research on at the moment? So we actually just dropped another blog recently, two blogs. Um, So two blogs that we recently dropped were the return to normal. I am sure that is on everyone's mind. Like, hey, when is everything going back to normal? Are people going to live in certain cities and just move back? And our office is going to say everyone should come back or, or what's happening? working from home by the beach? Or- yeah, yeah. Pina colada in one hand, <laughs> uh, laptop in the other, and everything green screen behind you to make sure no one knows. Uh, so <laughs> I think that one will definitely be something to look into and, and really display what our thoughts are. You know, spoiler alert, my thinking here is that we won't see a return to normal. I mean, what is normal? I think we just adapt with what comes in front of us as life goes on. And by that, I'm not saying that we'll continue to see nothing happen in capital cities and everyone's just dropping and leaving it. But I do think that people have found a new appreciation for this movement of lifestyle, for work, for retirement, for bringing retirement forward, for their time with family. And further to that, I actually just recently today, actually, I'm listen to, I mean, read an infographic by McCrindle, the great demographers um, who, who release a lot of interesting content. And I, I noticed one of the things that they had was revenge spending. Oh, um, So a lot of, lot of revenge spending is due to come up in these years ahead, which is making up for lost times, using household savings that are quite full and just um, spending for the the fancy stuff, the experiences with their family, loved ones. Nice. Just really like taking that to a whole new adventure, a whole new thing just to make up on lost times. And what that will mean is, um, you know, people aren't going to just do that in their local city. They'll, they'll experience a lot of Australia and overseas well, and other things. funny you say that because it felt like Fiji was made up of 70% Sydney. Yeah, a lot of revenge, <laughs> revenge spenders in so Sydney. So it started um, but already. <laughs> yeah, no, I think the return to normal. Yeah, totally. And, and I think the return to normal is is something that we – you know, don't think is happening as to the level people think. I think the simplest way to put it is we're going to have a new floor. Like, mm-hmm. you know, if say work from home was in the past hovering around 30% and driving up 2 3% each year, let's just say the new work from home will be 50%. Mm. And that's the new floor. But it's right. not going to be everyone, but it's just going to be an increased number as a new floor. So that's my thinking of, of what will happen. Those percentages aren't actuals. They're just an example for those tuning in. And what else is in the works? We've also got a blog coming out. So 
I think that comes out this week as well. And that is about, you know, are property investors, the bad guys, the bad gals, are they, is it ethical, you know, to invest and also unethical to invest actually? This was a, a really interesting topic. One of my really close friends and clients said she had a conversation uh, with a friend and they were just of this absolute opinion that investing is unethical, like it's just not right. And so um, we dug into this further, provided our thoughts. I mean, naturally, it's with bias. I mean, it's no, you know, we own multiple properties and we help people buy and invest properties. So you could take it as you as you see. But we tried our best to kind of make a compelling case and on our thoughts and what we think the power of investing is. So those two are two recent blogs that have just released. Again, on investorkit.com.au, you can check it out. But yeah, that's kind of what we're working on in the in the behind the scenes and what's exciting. Exciting. Cool. Well, thank you everyone for tuning in to another episode. Um, it's Arjun here, Head of Research at Investikit Buyers Agency. Uh, if you'd love to know more about us, it's investikit.com.au. Hope you found the session of value and thank you to the amazing Lee who's really pumped with a lot of interesting questions, <laughs> of on, questions. on this new report that we have, our top five New South Wales area for for under 650. And this is all thanks to everyone jumping in on those LinkedIn polls and sharing more about what they'd like. So keep it coming. And thank you, Lee, for uh, sharing the, the goodies with us on finance. Those variable rates are going down. So that is another episode from the team at Investigate and Hills Finance and the Property Notes signing out. Thanks so much. Bye. Game over.